0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the Hurricane Hotline. And uh, University of Miami basketball team has been off for about a week and a half. Uh, been in exams, so no games, but back in action. On Saturday afternoon at the Wattsco Center, Alabama, Birmingham, then on the airplane to uh, Brooklyn, New York. Next Tuesday, the Kings will take on Temple. So, uh, been off for a little while, but now we're going to jump right into it uh, with some big games coming up. And joining us now, of course, University of Miami Head Coach Jim Laraniga. Coach, good evening. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Joe. Doing well. Uh, enjoying. A victory over Illinois without having to worry about another game for a little while.
0: Yeah, we've been able to bask in the joy for a long time, it feels like. Uh, your players, I know they've had to work hard in the classroom. Uh, how have you spent the time? Because I know uh, you had to practice, but they've got to study. Recruiting's probably in that mix. Uh, how do you spend this time between the Illinois game and what's going to happen on Saturday?
1: Yeah, the, f- the first week, the Will- Illinois game was, was on a – was on Monday and so we took Tuesday and Wednesday off practice Thursday Friday Saturday took Sunday off uh you know a little lighter practices though little shorter the kids are really focused on their schoolwork uh final exams are coming to an end uh we did go on the road recruiting in fact coach Courtney didn't even come back with us from Illinois he he uh drove up to Chicago Coach Fisher flew to Philadelphia, and Coach Caputo and I ran the practices until Friday. And then we went on the road uh, up to Washington, D.C. to do some recruiting. So uh, tomorrow we'll really be back at it at 100%. No more classes, no more tests, everything basketball on Thursday and Friday. Get ready for our game Saturday, 2 o'clock, against Alabama A&M.
0: You have, uh, when it comes to recruiting, I guess you could say that you've got a a, a national attention. I know you uh, focus on players down here, if they're uh, ACC caliber players, but you've had some pretty good luck in that New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. area.
1: Well, I would say uh, the University of Miami is, is highly regarded nationally and internationally, but we've had a lot of success running up and down the eastern seaboard, when you look at, 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 at someone like Bruce Brown, who's from Boston, and we just got uh, uh, Matt Cross, who's also from Boston, and we went to New York, we got, got a Rodney Miller. Uh, be, even before we got here, Duran Scott and Malcolm Grant were from New York. And then we've gone into Philadelphia oh, with, with Lonnie Walker, with Davon is from New Jersey. Uh, Isaiah Wong is from new jersey we We have a guy sitting out in the, the Sear Brooks, who's from Philadelphia. so that area has been very good to us, of course Chris likes is from washington d c uh, but we've had a lot of luck going up and down the eastern seaboard
0: when you analyze recruiting like that, it, it, does the game or is the game or the players? I guess I want to say from region to region are they? Different, for example, when you got Jaquan Newton, a lot of people would say, oh, he's a Philadelphia guard. Or you might hear about a New York City point guard. Is there a lot to that, or is that more mythology?
1: No, I think it's very, very true that guard play in the New York City area for decades was the best in the country. I think Philadelphia was, was maybe, if New York was uh, 1A, Philadelphia might have been 1B for a very long time. But now, the area that is affectionately known as the DMV, which is District of Columbia, Maryland, and Virginia, from all of Maryland, you know, even north of Baltimore, but if you look at Baltimore, Washington, D.C., into Fairfax County in Virginia, there are so many terrific high school basketball teams and players and even if you look to the nba that's where a lot of nba guys have come from
0: i thought we'd spend a little bit of time on on some of the subjects uh that we don't normally talk about since we don't have a game to review we do have two games to preview and we'll get to those in a moment uh And so speaking of games and non-conference, we just had West Durham on, and we were talking about the 20-game ACC uh, conference schedule, which doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room in the non-conference. And to schedule non-conference games, that's a, a tricky thing to do, isn't it? I mean, not a lot of people understand what goes into scheduling.
1: Well, I know this. It has gotten more and more complicated, even though we've reduced the number of non-conference games we're playing. When you look at our conference schedule, and we're going to play 20 conference games this year, 10 at home, 10 on the road. We also play in an exempt event, which we just got back from Charleston. That's three games automatically that we play just about every year. And then we have the ACC Big Ten Challenge, that's a fourth game in the non-conference. So 24 of our 30 games are really scheduled for us. We don't pick the opponents. We don't pick the opponents in the exempt event. ESPN does that. We don't pick our opponent in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. The ACC and Big Ten and TV make that decision. And we obviously don't pick who, who we play in the ACC because that's an unbalanced schedule. We don't play everybody twice, but we do play a number of teams twice. So uh, that's very, very complicated. Then you, the last six non-conference games that we schedule, because we'd like to have some home games, we invite teams to come and play here. But that's not enough. We also need to go on the road some. And that's why next week uh, we'll be playing Temple University, who just beat St. Joe's by over 50 points. They scored 110,
0: Joe. Yeah, I saw that last night, yeah.
1: They are very, very good, yeah. extremely talented. And uh, we're going to play them in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and uh, that's on a Tuesday night at 9.30, way past my bedtime.
0: <laughs> yeah, they won one hundred eight to to uh, 61. But when you schedule these other games – more goes into it, more analysis goes into it other than, okay, that's a team we can beat or, or that would be a good matchup. Maybe you're looking for a specific style. Maybe you might look at a team and say, hey, that could be a game that we see in March, so this team plays a, a specific style. It would be good, good to uh, match up against them or maybe there are other reasons. What, what are some of the factors that go into selecting teams?
1: Okay, well, our number one priority has always been to put together a complete schedule that will give us the best chance to earn an at-large bid to the NCAA if we can win enough of these games. Now, the challenge is to find opponents who are willing to play you. As we already said, we already have our 20 conference games. We're already playing an ACC Big 10 game. We're already playing in an exempt event where we don't know who we're going to be playing. So the last six games, we're looking for number one, some home games and we like to play local teams as well. So we, we scrimmaged FIU this year and we played FAU. So that, that reduces some of our travel during the year, because as you know, Joe, from a geographical standpoint being in Miami we've got the longest trips of anybody in our conference like if you look at north carolina duke wake forest and and nc state they take bus trips right mm-hmm. you know they can get to each other like i think duke and carolina are like 12 miles apart nc state and carolina you know chapel hill to raleigh is is a you know 20 minute bus ride so those guys can play each other and not have the wear and tear for travel that comes throughout the season. So we're always looking to, to schedule some, some local teams to reduce our travel. And then we're also looking to bring opponents to the Wattsco Center so that we have home games for our fans to watch our players play in, in November and in December. So we don't want to be traveling all through those months as well because we're going to be traveling a lot in January, February, and March. I want so to- the first priority is to schedule non-conference teams that fit into uh, an overall picture of a team that can make the NCAA tournament as an at-large team. Number two, we want to play some games here at the Watsco Center. Number three, we want to play some road games because that's a factor in determining your strength of schedule. And there's a lot more that it would just take too long for our listening audience, that they'd get bored with it.
0: (laughs) I did want to pick up on one thing that that you said, and Don Bailey and I talked about this earlier, discussing travel. And I've traveled with basketball for 30 years. And the way it has evolved for you in traveling from South Florida is not easy. But at the University of Miami, I think this is important for the fans to know and and maybe future recruits. uh, At the University of Miami, you've made travel about as efficient As possible and first class, you pretty much on uh, most trips, uh, the team is able to uh, charter not all, but most. And when they don't, uh, it's a pretty efficient trip through the airport. The hotels are always lovely. They're well fed. Uh, They're kept on a schedule. And and uh, I think one of the things that you judge a program by is how you take care of your your kids. And when you travel, it's uh, it's in a first class manner.
1: Well, I, I think you know, Joe, that's, that's one of my highest priorities. We're always talking about going through life with a positive attitude from my coaches, my players, anybody associated with the program. Second is we want to make a total commitment to try to be the best we can be. And that, that includes being committed to traveling first class. But the third thing is behaving in a first class manner which includes not only travel, but the hotel, the kinds of foods we eat. We have a full-time nutritionist, a full-time strength coach, a full-time trainer who is working with our players. So quite frankly, you would describe that as our guys are spoiled, but no no more so than everybody else in the ACC. And uh, for us, because we have the longest travel, we, all, we also have some – some issues getting back to campus in time to get to our classes the next day so when we played illinois on a monday night in champaign illinois as you know as soon as the game was over we bused to the airport took a charter flight back landed at the airport at two o'clock in the morning our guys probably got to their apartments by or dormitory by 3 a.m and every one of them was at an 8 a.m. class the next day, and not one of them missed class. Yeah,
0: and that's, uh, that's something to be said. I pulled into my driveway about 3 a.m., and I was watching the inside of my eyelids past 8 a.m. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it, I know people watch on TV or they come to a game and they see the excitement, but there's so much commitment that goes into it. There's a lot of hard work nothing that's glamorous, nothing that that, uh, people would say, oh, I'd love to do that. No, it is really, really hard work. Our players have made the sacrifices. They started making those sacrifices even before their teenage years and trying to develop their skills both academically and athletically so that they could play at the highest level of college basketball in the ACC and hopefully even a future playing professionally afterwards.
0: You know what's funny is, uh, uh, well, maybe it wasn't that long ago, but uh, you mentioned trainer, strength coach, nutritionist. uh, You have a director of ops who uh, helps organize the travel. There was a time uh, when I first started uh, where the trainer was also the travel director.
1: Hey, he, he hey had so, Two
0: jobs. There was a time
1: I was the travel director, and I was driving the vans. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta realize coaches don't start at the ACC level. Yeah. We've worked our way up. When I was at American International College as the head coach, the American International College is in Springfield, Massachusetts. And during the winter, for those who don't know, it snows a lot. (laughs) And I was driving the team in the snow. (laughs) After a game, we lost in overtime. It was killing me. I could barely stay alive.
0: Oh, boy. Well... Thankfully, things have changed a little bit for us, Coach. Uh, Before we go into the break and come back and talk about uh, the upcoming opponents, during this time of practice, have you – have a player or any players or what kind of movement have you seen from from your team? Uh, Anybody stand out? What kind of positive movements have you seen from your squad?
1: Well, the first positive movement is getting Keith Stone, who really helped us against Illinois. And I just see him getting more and more comfortable – And as this season progresses, I think Keith can be a major factor for us. I also see major um, attention to to little things by our freshmen. And can I tell you a story about one of them?
0: Absolutely. Your show, your story. Yes, sir.
1: Anthony Walker is a freshman from Baltimore, Maryland, who went to a prep school, Brewster Academy, in New Hampshire, and was highly recruited by ACC schools. He's come here and he's very new to the game. He's only played basketball for four years. So he's got a lot to learn. And so one of the things we do is we set goals for our players. So we do a conditioning drill where you run from the side of the court to the other side of the court, which is, uh, let's say, 50 feet. And, and, back and uh, and forth across the side of the court. And you got to get 16 touches in one minute. And it's very, very doable. So we've done that. We've done that. Everybody on the team can do it. So I decided the other day, I'm going to reduce it to 55 seconds and see how many guys can do it. And the only, the only guy truly that couldn't do it was Anthony Walker. He he was above 55, not a lot, you know, two three seconds. He still got under the minute, and so we challenged him. And the next day, um, our team started cheering for him. (laughs) (laughs) They just said, "Come on, Anthony, you can do it, you can do it." They started clapping. Come on, and then he started running, and he did it in 53 seconds. Hmm. So the point I'm trying to make is as a freshman, sometimes you don't really know what you're capable of doing and you need to be encouraged, pushed, cheered for like his teammates did. And he just pushed himself a little harder. He didn't all of a sudden become faster. No, he didn't get faster overnight, but he pushed himself a little harder. And that's all we're asking our freshmen to do. We have three terrific freshmen, Anthony Walker, Isaiah Wong, and Harlan Beverly, and all we're asking him to do is give a little greater effort in practice and in games. And I'm starting to see that. And hopefully it'll pay dividends Saturday in a game, and then that will be something to build on.
0: And, and to pick up on what you said about Anthony Walker, uh, only playing basketball for four years, it didn't hit me until I guess it was the first game against Louisville, and you know describing him and saying, Anthony Walker started playing basketball at 15. And if you say that, you think, okay, 15. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. He started at 15. He's only 19. This guy just started playing. And, exactly. you know, I think, you, know, you Are you
1: familiar with the book by Malcolm Gladwell called Outliers?
0: Yes, because of you.
1: <laughs> okay. So Malcolm Gladwell wrote this bestseller called Outliers. And in it, he describes what it takes in any field... To, be, to master your field. So basketball, play the piano or a musical instrument, play another sport or even business. And he used the term, you have to put in 10,000 hours of deep practice. Meaning, if you're going to be a basketball player, it'll take you 10 years to really master it. So most kids start playing when they're eight. And that why, that's why they're so good when they get to 18 or 19. Well, Anthony Walker started playing when he was 15, so he's got a lot of growth in front of him. He's got a lot of potential, but he's got to learn how to really put that potential to work.
0: Okay, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Saturday's opponent, and then uh, we'll also maybe look a little bit ahead to uh, Brooklyn, Temple, and what it means for Miami to be able to go back to New York and play there as well. We'll continue with Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega right after this.
1: This is Hurricane Hotline on AM 560 and 96.5 HD2, WQAM, driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com. Now, back to Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Kings, Joe Zagaki.
0: All right, as we continue on, happy to welcome you back with University of, University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. Coach L is with us on Saturday. Miami back in action. Two o'clock, Alabama A&M will be the uh, the opponent on Saturday afternoon, coach. And uh, what do you expect to see from Alabama A&M? What kind of challenge will they bring?
1: Hey, Joe, before I talk about Alabama A&M, I, I got to tell you, I was listening to the commercial about U-Health. Yes. And... And I got to tell you this, we have the greatest medical team, starting with our our trainer, uh, Corey Kaplan, who works with me every day, works with all the players, does a terrific job. Our medical team, Dr. Baraga and Dr. Henry are terrific. They're always looking after our guys. And, you you know, many of them have had to have surgery over the years, including now Dan Gack is going to have to have surgery. Uh, I had an issue recently with two pinched nerves in my back. I, I went in, I saw uh, Dr. Jose, who was terrific. And today I just met with a, a new doctor, uh, uh, Dr. Sherman, who is, is helping me. So when you talk about U Health and the University of Miami, the medical people here, uh, my, my I have a, car, a cardiologist, Dr. Matrani. He's great. So I, I want to give my props and say when we talk about first class, the University of Miami is nothing but first class when it when it comes to medical.
0: Well, I can testify that I just saw Dr. Henry because I could not lift my right arm or my right shoulder. Is that Yeah. But now no, I can, um, thanks to Dr. Henry.
1: Well, my, my general practitioner, the guy I see for my physicals and the normal uh, daily routines, Dr. Annapol, He's always available. I mean, you can call him at home at night during the day, and the thing I love, Joe, is the VIP treatment they give you. The moment you walk in the door, there's a greeter there to help you, and and either escort you or direct you to where you need to go.
0: Yeah, they uh, they do a grand, great great uh, great job, and they're in Coral Gables, and uh, they're also up in Broward County and Plantation, which was helpful to me. Well.
1: I, I I go to either Lenar right here adjacent to the Watsco Center, or I'm down at uh, the UM Hospital in in Miami. Well,
0: I know they did but a great job for you. Alabama A and M. Yes, now Alabama. I, first of all, by the way, I know they did a wonderful job for you because I saw uh, what kind of pain you were in, and and uh, audiences should only know this that you uh, you really gutted it out, especially in Charleston, and I know that wasn't easy, but. Uh, you did the job somehow, some way. Now Alabama well, M.
1: Hey Joe, yes sir. The expression "no pain, no gain." Yeah. I must have gained. I must have gained something because
0: <laughs> I was in a heck of a lot of pain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you were.
1: Well, we've got a big game on Saturday. It's big in this way, Joe. Uh, we have emphasized to our players so much about improving at the defensive end of the floor. I sent every player on our team a uh, statistic of all the teams in the conference. And the statistic was where do we rank in terms of defensive efficiency in the nation? There's 353 Division I teams. So if you looked at the rankings, the ACC has the number one, Defensive team, the number three, the number four, the number five, the number 24, the number 25, the number 44, the number 48, all the way up to 98, and then us at 178. 14 teams are in the top 100. We're not even in the top 100, and some of it has to do with We have only three returning players and seven new guys, and they're all trying to fight for their playing time and learn a new system and what have you. And most players think in terms of offense. And so right now, we're like 26th in the country in offense and third in the country and not turning the ball over. So on offense, we've done a terrific job. The other day against uh, against Illinois, we had 50 in the first half and and over 80 for the game. But for us to be successful, Joe, honestly, our players have worked so hard to improve their defense, and we need our freshmen to really step up because that's where where we lose a lot. When when our freshmen take the court, these kids are really good on offense. But they struggle to play college defense.
0: How much of that struggle is sustaining defensive energy for 40 minutes? It's
1: the whole thing. It, it, it's not. Uh, players tend tend to focus on the score. Like we got we got up by 27 points in the first half, and all of a sudden the players relax and don't play as good a defense. And of course, Illinois comes roaring back. It's so easy for players to look at the score and determine how hard they need to play. The expression we use constantly is don't play the score, play the game. And the game means you got to play great defense, you got to rebound the basketball, you got to share it on offense and, and get the ball to the right guy at the right time to make the best shot possible. And the difficulty for the players right now, is we're defending the first shot pretty well, but these other teams are crashing the offensive boards hard, and we're not able to corral the defensive backboards well enough. So if a team misses the first shot but gets the rebound and sticks it back in, they're still one for two on that possession. That's 50%, and that would win a lot of games.
0: Plus, a lot of times on those – Offensive rebounds, especially three-point shooting teams, right? That ball is going right back out to the three-point line.
1: Well, threes rebound long. That's for sure. We tell that to the team all the time. And that means the guards have to rebound. Even though, like, like when we played Illinois, you remember the message the night before was their point guard was their second-leading rebounder averaging eight rebounds a game. So guards can rebound. Bruce, uh, Bruce Brown was a great rebounder for us. He was a guard. Davon Reed, terrific rebounder. He was a guard. You have to have your guards rebound if you're going to be successful when you play against teams that shoot a lot of threes.
0: How about how about uh, Illinois had Maryland down in the second half at Maryland. Maryland comes back and beat them by, I think, a point. And then Maryland went on the road and lost to Penn State.
1: Yeah, I I followed the Illinois Maryland game. Of course, I was cheering for Illinois. <laughs> yeah. They were they were up nine with four minutes to go.
0: Oh my God!
1: And and they 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 committed the the uh, thing that gets you beat every time. They committed turnovers. And after the last turnover, with the score tied, with under ten seconds to play, they fouled a player with two seconds left. And the guy made one out of two free throws to win the game. And Maryland, as, as we find with all college teams, you know, you go on the road, it's a lot tougher playing on the opponent's home court. You saw the crowd at Illinois and how challenging that was for us. And you saw last night, anybody that watched the game, Texas Tech, uh, even though that wasn't at Texas Tech, you know, you go on the road, I don't think Louisville played one of its better games. And Jordan Noir who's a tremendous player, he just had a bad shooting night. Yeah. Some some guys, you know, you don't shoot the ball great every night.
0: Uh, Tuesday, we're going to go on the road again. We're going to go on the road to New York, to Brooklyn, uh, at the Barclays Center. Temple will be the opponent, but a, a bigger picture question would be the significance of uh, For you to be able to take the team back to New York, to Brooklyn. Uh, Miami has played in Brooklyn during the ACC tournament. uh, But how about playing uh, uh, back in Brooklyn? Of course, we did play Temple at Madison Square Garden in the NIT. But this is a nice trip and, again, an opportunity to get the squad into the Northeast.
1: Well, Joe, we played Tuesday night, but school is over with. So we're not going to miss any classes. So we've decided to leave Sunday morning. And one of the big emphasis from my coaching staff to the team, the message is always about education. So we decided uh, when we scheduled this game that we would provide a cultural experience in New York. Uh, You you can't really walk the city because it's just too cold right now. Uh, So we decided to, to purchase tickets to Hamilton, the great Broadway show. And it's a historical piece. It's about the, the history of, of the, the making of America with, with uh, the story about Alexander Hamilton, who was born and raised in Nevis in the Caribbean, was sent to New York to get an education, and became George Washington's right-hand man during the Revolutionary War, and is the father, the founding father, of our financial system. So the play is is a musical our guys are listening to the music right now and they're learning some history about our country
0: well it's been one of the great broadway shows of all time so that'll be uh thrilling for the players uh by the way did you see any of the the heat hawks game last night
1: no i didn't i was watching temple so uh That Temple game was on TV as well, so I was watching that. So the
0: kid from, uh, well, actually, Atlanta's got like a college all star team with Trey Young. Yeah, they're younger than we are. Yeah, I know. But the kid from Virginia, now the Heat played great. Great win for them, and Spolster's doing a great, uh, doing a terrific job with them. But um, no wonder Virginia missed Hunter when he was out. He, He had like 29 points last night. Oh he did oh yeah, he was tremendous. You know what's
1: interesting to me and and I, I read an article about these the rookies in the NBA right now that no one is really shining that that uh, the, the franchises are disappointed disappointed that their their rookie is not just a star right away right In my own opinion, these kids are so young it takes them a year or two to make that adjustment. and you saw what Lonnie Walker did? A week ago, Lonnie Walker, who was a rookie last year with the San Antonio Spurs, former University of Miami uh, player who was one and done, was the youngest player ever to wear a San Antonio Spurs uniform last year, but was injured a good portion of the year and sat out. He is now playing a good bit for, for the uh, Spurs and against the Houston Rockets. He scored 19 points in the fourth quarter alone, 28 for the game, and led the Spurs to a double overtime victory against the Houston Rockets. And he guarded James Harden (laughs) and held him to 50
0: points. (laughs) (laughs) Well, think of it this way also. Lonnie Walker would be, uh, was he 21 years old? I don't know if
1: he's if he's reached 21 yeah, yet. He's twenty one, twenty twenty one, right? He was eighteen yeah. as a freshman, no, nineteen by the end Yeah. Twenty. Yeah, he's probably just turned twenty one. He yeah, just I, had a birthday.
0: I agree. I think they're all too young, but all the sports are getting younger. Um all right, Coach, I'll see you on Saturday for Alabama AM and 2 o'clock, Watsko Center, uh, team back in action. So we look forward to that. Uh got three games coming up. we got a uh, game on Saturday, game in New York, and then back at the Watsko Center the following Saturday uh, before a holiday break. So uh, back yeah, hey into Joe, it. Joe,
1: Tuesday night, it's a 9.30 start for people who want to catch it on TV.
0: Man, 9.30. I thought it was 9.00, 9.30. Okay, we'll be ready for that one way or the other. Barclays Center. Should be a lot of fun.
1: All right, Joe. Thanks.
0: All right, Merry coach. Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. All right, we'll see you on Saturday. Hur- Hurricanes head coach Jim Laraniga. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.